Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Today it is my privilege to welcome Pastor Winston Bosch as he presents the first part of his meditation on Psalm 42, titled, Why Are You Downcast? This is the Word of God. Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While men say to me all day long, Where's your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God, with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festal throng. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm wondering if there's any boys and girls that like to play on the teeter-totter. Playing on the teeter-totter, I think, is a bit of an image for sometimes how we live our emotions in everyday life. The ups and the downs of our emotions are sort of like us playing on a teeter-totter. We can have happiness and sadness, hope and despair, contentment and discouragement. It can just sort of go up and down. Does that sound familiar? Sometimes hope is high and everything is great. We're feeling good and we're feeling enthusiastic and we're feeling happy. And then there's those moments when hope falls down and then despair surges up. And we're just so down and discouraged and even depressed. And then depending on what kind of person you are and depending on your life circumstances, what you're doing as well as how your body is is wired chemically and hormonally, the teeter-totter can go up and it can go down one side to the other sometimes multiple times in just one day. You know what I'm talking about? We see these teeter-totter emotions in our text in Psalm 42. The author, he's going back and forth. He's going up and down between hope and despair. One moment he's up high, and the next moment he's down low. Up and down, up and down, hope and despair, confidence, discouragement, joy, depression. And so this is a psalm that puts to words what we often feel in everyday life, or what many of us feel in everyday life. But it does something more than that as well, this psalm. Psalm 42 also teaches us something very important. It teaches us how to fight for joy when we're feeling discouraged. How to fight for joy when you're discouraged. We all get discouraged sometimes, myself included. So Psalm 42 is sort of like God saying, hey, I know what you're going through. I know what that's like. But it's also a psalm that the Lord gives us to help us to fight for joy in the middle of that discouragement. We're going to play on the teeter-totter of Psalm 42. I'm going to preach the word of God to you from Psalm 42. We're just going to go through it verse by verse so that together as the body of Christ, we can together fight for joy in the middle of discouragement. It seems when you read the psalm that the author was perhaps in exile or that he was far away from Jerusalem anyways, and he's For sure he's in trouble, and then he speaks about that trouble in an intensely personal way. 
And that's really how we need to read Psalm 42. If you, if you really want to get something out of Psalm 42, you need to read this psalm in a very personal way. You need to let this psalm speak to your own personal life or somebody in your own life that might be going through a hard time. All right, so let's get on the teeter-totter. The psalmist, he starts with despair and discouragement. His words give voice to our own despair and to our own discouragement. Look at verses 1, 2, and 3 again. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While men say to me all day long, where is your God? Notice that he doesn't say, as a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for healing and help. That's not what he says. Healing and help, of course, are important. But when deep suffering comes, when deep suffering pushes you down, your deepest need is God himself. The psalmist, he's not looking for a temporary solution here. He's not looking for a band-aid or a back rub. He's looking for God. He wants God to show up. He's looking for the real presence of the real God, and he needs God like an animal needs water to survive. That's how he feels. So the cry of the psalmist, it just breaks out in verse 2. When? When, God? When can I go meet with God? When can I come and appear before you? When? He's probably talking about his desire to go to the temple in Jerusalem. But this is not just some guy who wants to go to church on Sunday morning. His soul is suffering. His heart is suffering. The center of who he is is thirsting for the presence of the living God. And he's crying, when? When is God going to show up? And I wonder if that word when is also the word of your suffering. Are you sick and tired of your suffering? Are you sick and tired of the pain in your life? Are you sick and tired of the hopelessness and the expectations placed on you? Are you desperate for just something to change for Pete's sake? Are you discouraged? Do you have this desire for God to do something already? The need for God to show up and change some things in your life, in the life of your loved ones. Enough already. When, God, when I need you. So the tears begin to fall. Verse 3. My tears have been my food day and night. Do you know what that's like? Tears day and night. Difficulties, your troubles, your worries. Are they the first thing that you think about when you wake up in the morning, the last thing that you think about when you go to bed? Are you sometimes shedding tears maybe behind the closed doors of your home where nobody can see them? Maybe in the shower when no one pays attention. Are you depressed? It's possible for a Christian to have a strong and sincere faith and a dark and difficult depression. Depression is not necessarily a sign of a lack of faith. It's not. The great English preacher Charles Spurgeon, known for his great passion for the Lord and, and sometimes called the prince of preachers, was someone who fought long and hard against depression. He once said this, and I quote, Sometimes I spend the whole day on my bed crying like a child, and I don't know why. It's possible for a Christian to have a true and sincere faith in a dark and a difficult depression. Now, everybody gets discouraged from time to time. And I wonder if that's you, if you or your loved one is living through a period of great discouragement at this time. 
or if you or one of your loved ones is struggling with a dark and a difficult depression. When that's the case, it's so hard to explain your suffering to other people, isn't it? Other people tend not to get it. One of the hardest parts about emotional suffering or unseen chronic pain is the feeling that just nobody really understands. They don't get it. In this psalm, the people around the author, they do more than just not understand. In in verse 3, they say, well, where's your God? In verse 2, the question was, when, O God? And now the question is, where are you, God? And really, that's the question par excellence of suffering, isn't it? It's the question that cries out for an answer when things are not going well. But Lord, I'm your covenant child, and I'm suffering. Where are you? Where are you when things are bad? How come you don't seem to be here? Where are you? Have you ever had that thought? Have you ever asked that question? Where are you, God? Maybe you've asked it through gritted teeth and through tears. Have you ever prayed when what you think you're supposed to pray, you know, those good Christian prayers that are full of cliches, and then really while you're praying, you're wondering in the back of your head, well, what's the use anyways, because where is God in all this? In verse 4, the psalmist, he starts pining for the good old days. Look at verse 4. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. He's thinking about those, those old moments, those good moments when, when faith was strong, when he used to feel encouraged, those times when his relationship to God felt like it was on fire, those times where he actually enjoyed worship. But that's just a far cry from where he is now. Do you ever have those, those, those daydreams about the good old days? The memories about those moments where life kind of seemed a little bit simpler or faith seemed easy or easier than it is today. And don't get me wrong, it's, it's not a bad thing to have good memories. That's a good thing if you're having good memories to be thankful about them. But sometimes suffering uses our good memories not to celebrate the past, but to emphasize the bitterness of the present. Those are the first four verses on the teeter-totter of Psalm 42. Despair and depression and discouragement surging up, an intense need for God that doesn't seem there, tears and cries of the heart and lonely groans of suffering and a bitter nostalgia for the times that used to be better. And you can hear the discouragement in the psalmist's voice. And do you hear that discouragement in your own voice? Verse 5, the teeter-totter goes the other way. Verse 5 is the refrain of the song. It's repeated again in verse 11 and then again at the end of Psalm 43. The refrain is the important part that the author wants you to sing in your car. It's the part you're supposed to memorize. It's the part that you're supposed to repeat over and over in your mind. Look at verse 5. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So who's the author speaking to in this verse? Who's he speaking to in verse 5? He's speaking to himself. That's important. He's not talking to God. He's not talking to other people. He's talking to himself. It's as if in the middle of his suffering, he stops and he says, okay, wait a second. I don't want to be a slave to my own emotions. So instead of listening to myself, now I'm going to talk to myself. 
Instead of listening to myself, I'm going to speak to myself. So it's like he stands up and he says, Soul, hold on for a second. Listen up. I'm going to talk to you now. Now that is a great thing to develop in your own life, in each of our lives. Instead of listening to all the lies that pop up in your head, every Christian needs to learn how to speak truth to him or herself. Every Christian should preach to him or herself. Instead of questioning God, the author of Psalm 42 now questions his own thoughts, his own emotions. Why are you cast down? Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why so disturbed in me? Thoughts. Why are you being so negative? Brain. Why are you beating me up today? Emotions. Why are you pulling me down? The psalmist, he examines his bad thought patterns, his wrong questions or or his negative questions, his negative emotions, and then he speaks truth to himself. He speaks truth to his own heart. He tries to replace the bad soul-sucking turmoil that's going on inside him with truth. Hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. This is biblical positive thinking. This is the truth of God that stabilizes us in the moment of instability. The truth of God that helps us to fight for joy when we're discouraged. Psalm 94 says it like this, when the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. In the turmoil of the soul, the psalmist trusts the Lord. He preaches to himself to trust the Lord, to hope in the Lord. With these words, Pastor Bosch concludes his first message. Tune in again next week for the second half of his meditation. Thank you for listening. For more information about the churches that sponsored this broadcast, we invite you to visit our website at www.voiceofthechurch.org.